Warning, the following podcast may contain language that some listeners may find offensive or confusing or intriguing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the 3v3 podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. So it came out yesterday that somebody thought that the NHL was being too liberal. Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida has um, a problem with the NHL hosting a job fair during the All-Star Game weekend, I think, or a job fair in Florida, regardless, calling for diverse candidates from underrepresented groups to apply. And that that is an issue with the governor. Now, I'm not going to get into the political side of this, but it is comical to think that the NHL, which is largely performative in their liberalness <laughs> in, in a minimum effort sort of way, would be considered liberal. So um, my question to you two is this. Uh, the NHL being a minimum effort sort of crowd, um, what would be the fan equivalent of doing minimum effort? And still feel like you're being a really good fan. Changing your Facebook profile picture. Or Twitter profile picture. Okay. Being silent on platforms. Hmm. See, mine was a little more elaborate. Mine was more um, get a free free ticket, have your friend drive you for free, go to, you know, five minutes before puck drop, watch the puck drop, and then leave and go home. And still consider yourself a good fan, even though you didn't bother looking up um, the score or watching the rest of the game after that. <laughs> Oh, but you're talking. You went to the game. Oh, you're talking. You're you're talking like the bare minimum that you could say. Oh, yeah, I like hockey. Right. That I'm a I'm a good hockey oh, fan oh, oh, because okay. you know this is what the NHL does. They do elaborate things without actually doing anything. Gotcha. Right. Sorry for not being clear. No, 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 no. That's okay. Cool. Okay. Hmm. I mean, now, now my mind is spinning in the other direction. How can we disassociate being an NHL fan and a hockey fan? Because those really need to be two very distinct things, but we're just not going to be there anytime soon. <laughs> hmm. Now, if you'd like to come back to this later in our recording, we can do that. But I was just curious if you had anything. Well, I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna say, um, like buying a T-shirt, because you know how there's all those people that run around in Guns and Roses and Ramones T-shirts because they think, or CBGBs because they think it's cool and it's supposed to help them stand out, and people be They're like, they're oh, called teenagers. <laughs> I'm. Pat, I'm 
seriously talking about the adults. Mm. You know, like the uh, the whole um, Brad Marchand wearing a Ramones t-shirt, somebody asking him what his favorite song was and him giving the blank stare because he doesn't actually know who they are. He just thought it was hip and cool and trendy. Right. So, you know, I just I just sort of, you know, be because people on the street they won't ever challenge you they'll just you know, you know they'll they'll give you the silent nod you know like hey he knows what's up you know he's wearing that t-shirt from that obscure band so you know just just wearing some hockey paraphernalia that may have been gifted to you by a by a relative who has no idea what sport they were buying a thing for because little Tommy well, Tommy's mom just said that Tommy really likes sports and this was cheap because it was on sale because, you know, hockey merch really sells out. So and, what you're describing is me wearing a Kraken hat in North Carolina. Uh, yeah, but you've attended games. You have an active interest in it. Never attended a Kraken game, however. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking bare minimal at this sport. Oh, I'm a fan of hockey. No, but- have you ever been to a game? No. You ever watched a game? No. But I've got this really cool hat my grandma sent me for Christmas. You know, that kind of thing. Well, since it's not a 1990s music video, we don't have that anymore because they don't produce fun or cool-looking stuff that often. But you might be onto something there. So, wait, isn't that a Nickelback song? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so once again. <laughs> oh, my brain just, just blew up. That was perfect. Uh, I'm just going to sit here like this. <clears throat> Couldn't resist. <laughs> And now the likelihood of them playing music at the All-Star game increases 250%. I refuse to apologize because it was funny. <laughs> Nobody right. here is ever going to ask you to apologize for that. <laughs> no one. No, I know. <laughs> Anybody that should will have a little talking to from me. All right. That's so, all I've got to say about that. How about Team Slovakia? <laughs> the women's? Mm-hmm. Only there was sad. Only there was something interesting to talk about with this women's. Hey, wait, Pat, didn't you have something? A fourteen-year-old. A fourteen-year-old from a nation that isn't the U.S. or Canada. Took the hockey world by storm this week. And I am delaying because I'm trying to. I practiced her last name <laughs> for at least 30 minutes earlier today. Mela Lapusanova. I'm sure I'm butchering the pronunciation, but I didn't add any extra syllables like the IAHF did or the double IHF. Those people, those people who those, did things. <laughs> yeah. We're not that terrible compared to FIFA and the IOC and, and, and. Anywho. NCAA. 
guess yeah. the question is the question is what what college team does she end up on? No, I I think it's bigger than that. Mm-hmm. You think she's had an exceptional status? Invite her to the NHL All Star game. <laughs> yes, like if she is not. I shouldn't say it like that. If she is, if the NHL does not just give her an invitation to do anything, even if it's just like a video recording from back home, because she's top of mind now, she is very much in the spotlight. Whenever she does return home, there will be let her settle into this newfound celebrity outside of, I'm going to presume Slovakia. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But absolutely, it'd be awesome to see her at the All-Star Game doing something in the skills competition, because mm-hmm. why not? Mm-hmm. Oh, we know she can do it. <laughs> we know she could probably, uh, you know, do do a number of things that those NHLers can't at this point. <laughs> so late last night from a ACHA or, or college hockey game, uh, a player from University of North Carolina scored a somewhat improbable goal, and it was being shared around with my my beer league teammates. And the first thing I said is, "Oh, as soon as she, as soon as Nayla sees this, uh, she'll probably have the move figured out in a week." Mm-hmm. Just because yes. in watching, she could probably do it watching the video one time, and you know. Go. So what was I saying a couple of, of episodes ago where women's hockey players like devour NHL like games and and clips and such? It's like you know, who who in who in Europe is doing the Michigan? I mean, I don't know. There could be someone, I suppose. But yeah. Can't tell me she doesn't have like a favorite NHL player. No, it's probably at the All Star game. <laughs> oh no, no, oh God, Cassie, don't get me started on that whole. The the gatekeepers is just All Star game is only going to be fun if these certain players go because these are the best players in the league. Okay, don't you also gripe about representation all the time? So how is ignoring Clayton Keller or Dylan Gunther or Lawson Krauss or Vamelka from Arizona going to help anyone? Is a uh, isn't isn't the NHL All Star Game a beauty pageant anyway? It's not even that. <laughs> it, it's I mean, a make know, the sponsors feel mean... special. Right? No, I know. It's I'm not it's... trying to demean anyone's ability. I'm just saying that like it's a popularity contest for the fans voting people in. But uh, and it's also like you were saying, Pat. It's it's the uh, meet and greet for the sponsors and for the kids. Get backing and you know, such. I I keep coming back yeah, to the HUD. I I keep coming back to the HUD sucker proxy. You know, where he where Tim Robbins is just standing there. He's pointing at a hoop, and everyone's giving him a blank look. He goes, you know, it's for kids. And it turns mm-hmm. out to be the hula hoop. You know, it's not. It's. It is not for me. It is not for any of us. If you enjoy it, great. It's not aimed at any of us. 
hockey fans. It is aimed at the flesh-pressing partners and TV partners and kids. Just get off of the highest of high horses about trying to foist some integrity upon this game because it'd be way more fun if McDavid, Drysaddle, and McKinnon were all going. And blah. Hockey fun has integrity? Wait, what? Fun, fun, <laughs> wait, fun for who? You think you think it's going to be any more entertaining watching those guys go at half speed than it is Clayton Keller going at half speed, who is also very skilled. He just happens to play on a crap team. And so the skill and the ability, and I'm sure Clayton Keller is just another in a long list of players who could probably do the Michigan at a moment's notice, but can't because X, Y, or Z. Chooses not to, or doesn't have, you know, doesn't have the opportunity to do it in a game, you know? Yeah. Or doesn't feel confident enough to do it in a game? Because of the yeah. backlash you might get? Yeah. Oh my God, putting yourself above the team, God forbid. Now just shut so, the hell up with the gatekeeping on the damn game about, oh, it'd be so much better if these people were. Well, first of all, Jack Wagon. The team hasn't been finalized, so complaining about certain players not being there is useless because they only named one player for each division. So the rest of them are, wait, what did we say earlier? Fan votes. So shut the hell up. <laughs> and do we not remember a scant seven years ago? The game was fun because the players had a bunch of fun because they were rooting for someone who was a human interest story. What started out as a joke turned into a human interest story. That's way more entertaining than see the robots going through their paces at a quarter Try not to get injured. half speed. Yeah. Go out there, do some stupid stuff, try not to get injured, you know. Oh, we're going to pay them, you know. Oh, we'll, we'll incentivize it by giving them money. Yeah, a million bucks split, what, like nine ways, ten ways? Okay. Well, it's nice, even for, you know, guys on rookie deals, but... It's it's great for the guys on the ELCs and the guys making Minbar. Yeah. <laughs> now, if it were a million each, tax-free, let's see what happens then. But we, we I, don't operate in that world. No, for some of the players, it would make a difference. Others, it would. So. I don't think you'd see an iota of change. There are people, such as I, who value time over money. <laughs> so, B-I-N-G-O. B-I-N-G-O. I mean, if somebody told me, oh, you could go do this and make like, I don't know, an unspecified amount of money more, but I'd have to do it on my own free time, I would seriously be weighing, is that money worth it? Because I kind of like my free time. <laughs> you know exactly let's not forget the whole side of the process that they kind of want to they kind of have to want to go 
and you're slogging through 82 games. You know, we've talked about this before. This is the dumbest place to put an all-star game. Right smack dab in the middle of the season. That is a grind to begin with. And it's more of a grind because now you have to block out, what, four days from the schedule? Four days that could have been filled with games that could have, you know, started the playoffs sooner. But no, 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 no. We need to do this in the middle of the season. Because our investors need it. No, it's because it's the way we've always done it since the oh, league champions mm-hmm. stopped being one of the teams. Yeah, you know, anytime the words we've always done it comes out of anybody's mouth, that's the way it's always been done. We've always done it that way. Everybody should stop and re- and take stock and think to themselves, but is it actually the best way to do it? Nobody does that. It's like, oh, tradition. Okay, I guess we'll just keep doing it that way. It's like, no, no, no. You should be thinking about whether it actually is a good idea to keep doing it that way. But maybe that's just me being, I don't know, me. I, I, so. I, I, I'm just so sick of the gatekeeping on it. Like, it's not gatekeeping. It's it's trying to raise it to your level of expectations. It's like it's like the Star Wars fans they hate on the Last Jedi, because it did this and it did this and it did this. It's not your goddamn movie. Go make your own Star Wars movie then. They don't owe you hmm. diddly. Is that why I enjoyed it so much? Hmm. Or maybe <laughs> I'm just a Ryan Johnson fan. Anywho, maybe I just threw away. And I'm an OG Star Wars fan, kids. I never once held it like in that precious place that they can't do this, they can't do that, blah, 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 because I was more excited about what was going to happen if they did do any of that. They just These are the people who just want the same thing over and over and over and over again. It's the people who have this idealized concept of perfection, not understanding the fact that what they think is perfect isn't necessarily what everybody else thinks is perfect. Exactly. B-I-N-G-O. Wait, are we talking about software developers or hockey again? Life in general. Oh, uh, because if I seen some discourse in that app, but we won't go there. We you know where I really want to go this April now. Hmm. I want to go to the Women's World Championships in Canada. Where Just to watch that? Slovakia, uh, Brampton, Ontario. Huh. Just to see Slovakia play, because they're going to have a 14-year-old who can do things we haven't seen any other player do in forever. Male or female. Male or female. Oh, thank you for bringing up that point. <laughs> May I read a bit of an excerpt from uh, before the semifinals of this tournament? Oh, please. I think yes, I this is going. No 14-year-old on the women's side has ever scored more than three points in a tournament, except for Lapusanova. On the men's side, no 14-year-old has ever registered a point. At 15 years old, Connor B- McDavid and Connor Bedard both scored 14 points in the U18s. Mela. <laughs> How many did she score this tournament? Oh, 12. Which puts her, which puts her 
at 14. Looking at all time. Oh, not, tied for eight all time in points scored in this tournament. Well, let's look at it this way really quick. And guess what? She the highest did? European player on the list. Guess, guess what she did? By she hockey punt? No. She's a world record holder. Youngest or highest scoring fourteen year old ever. Yeah, and in in an I in an IA in an IAAHF tournament, in a world championship, world record holder. See, my concern is occasionally when players show a lot of ability when they're younger, is that they get pressured and they get pushed and they get in the expectations skyrocket now granted this is this is a a teenager who's a who you know who's female who isn't going to get as much of that as as it happens on you know the boys side but you know it's one of those things where i'm really hoping she doesn't burn out by 18 because <laughs> that is a For distinct sure. possibility but in the meantime you know we can like enjoy what is there <laughs> Hey, well, you know, you know what? what the plus is, is she doesn't play in North America. Yeah. So she say probably that. has well, great likely, greater likelihood of that not happening, but it's it's still not a non-zero chance, unfortunately. But then you, you run into the whole not being in North America or Sweden or Finland thing where what kind of funding is she getting for development, right? How much ice time is she getting? Is she just doing this on her own, which is very likely. Her parents are paying for everything. But, you know, so that's that's also a thing where, you know, in, in women's sports, you often don't get that financial backing. And, um, and that can be damaging in the long run, too. I'm just going to raise my hand here, Cassie, and say whatever she's been doing, it's been working. Mm-hmm. Oh no, she needs because, to keep doing it. <laughs> totally. Because we we've, we're talking about this one tournament and those stats. She will turn 15 in February, but she's been playing in the Slovakia's women's pro league or adult league. 40 goals, 71 points. Can you guess in how many games? Uh, 20. I think it's 25. 16. Damn, that was high. 16 points. So what I am hoping from this past week, from this past tournament is, A, keep keep televising this tournament because there are some great players not only putting up multiple highlight reel plays, doing things different ways, which is incredible in its own right. It was just fun. It meant a lot for these players in the moment, but it was just fun to see a different pace, a different skill, a different type of game instead of the usual U.S., Sweden, Canada, Finland in a Final Four of a women's tournament. Because what I'm hoping comes out of this is, one, she can have whatever career she ultimately wants. And this just opens up a few more doors, but in hopefully in Slovakia, it just, it gets a few more kids playing. It's only going to take one or two similar to like a Connor Bedard who just 
catch the world on fire and everyone starts watching and paying attention to things that aren't the NHL. Because really, the fact that she is a, a European player probably excites me the most. Because if it can just get a few more kids interested in playing hockey or sticking with hockey and doing more cool things like that, man, the sky's the limit for the women's game. Yeah, I mean that's that's where the that's that's where the most opportunity to build to like create something is where you can look at the men's game and think, yeah, we're not going to do it that way. We're going to do it our own way. <laughs> and they should cuz you know, there's a lot of thing wrong, a lot of things wrong with the men's side of the game. Um that can be fixed and haven't been fixed. So, yeah. And heck, she might be able to play in the inaugural U20 women's tournament. Was that actually announced? I didn't see anything on that. It's not formally announced, but it's coming. May not be next year. Yeah, they have really been hinting around at it. Because they should. I think it's probably a good idea that they hinted and not announced it like say right on the heels of the men's world junior title like give it some space between now and the world championships and then you announce something well now and also remember that this this uh um under 18 tournament for the women uh was rescheduled and sweden offered to host it it wasn't the IIHF wasn't going to, but Sweden made the offer, and so that's why this tournament is currently going on. So you know, kudos to um, Sweden's hockey body for for uh, giving these young women a place to play and a stage to play on. Yep, and, and showing support. And allowing for it to be televised. Hell yeah. Hell to the yeah. But yeah, I mean, this this tournament wasn't going to happen until everybody realized, wait, they're rescheduling the boys tournament, the World Junior Championships for August. Why aren't they rescheduling the, the girls under 20 or under 18 tournament? a year ago so you know that was that was a thing i know it i know time is a flat circle and you know that was a long time ago in covid time but still (laughs) also speaking of time last or this coming week i have to look now i have to look you guys are like distracting me um (laughs) Uh, this is we, what happens when you blow our mind with a question early on and the paths it leads us. I, I haven't done that in, in a long time, so <laughs> I felt it was about time. Um, anyway, uh, we are coming up or just had, I have to double check and make sure when, our fourth anniversary of recording these things. Um, we originally podcasted our 
first. And of course, sound, SoundCloud doesn't want to give me a date. Um, <laughs> we recorded our pilot on January 13th, 2019. Huh. So, on congratulations to us. Although it wasn't Friday the 13th like last Friday, but... No, but it's still, it's still the 13th. So, yes, that is uh, that is our thing, and we are currently at, what, 170-something? Sure. This is 171. We are in episode 171. Actually, technically 172, because, you know, we started off our pilot with 00. Because I'm a software engineer. Mm-hmm. Zero base index for life. Damn right. So, there you go. Just wanted to mention it. Well, hooray to us. Yes. That's about as much self-aggrandizing as I think I'm comfortable with. (laughs) So... There's got to be some algorithm that then allows us to apply the age of our podcast to the wind, uh, Brimley cocoon line. Are you are you aware of this <laughs> phenomenon? <laughs> I am very much so. I don't think I am. Could you explain it to me and to the class, please? Are you aware the actor Wilford Brimley? Yes. In Cocoon, yes. I am aware of the movie and, he, and the actor. He was in the movie Cocoon. Uh, he was 18,530 days old when that movie was released, so a little over 50 years old. And so there's actually a Twitter account out there that actually keeps track of people's birthdays and announces when they have reached the Brimley Cocoon line. Uh because that's a man who looked like he was the same age for whew, so many years. So many years of his life. And you know what? Good for him. Well, if you start out too old looking, that's not great. But in the end, you you end up looking younger than you actually are if you stay the same. If it's a you know flat. Mm-hmm. Because everyone is so surprised to hear he was only 50 at that time. Yeah, but people people aged differently. The previous generation aged way differently than we do. <laughs> I think it had something to do with the fact that we were all, including Generation X and some millennials, we were all raised to be adults by the time we were 18. So we had all our skills and we knew everything before we turned 18. So therefore we could move out after graduation and live on our own without any problems. That's my personal theory, but there you go. I think it's just a byproduct of the health industry and all that crap mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. An environment. But I mean, Yarmir Yager crossed the line and he's still scoring goals in a professional league. How well, dare that's, he? That's, that's, that's 
Yager, you know? <laughs> he owns the team. He can put himself he can put himself on the team if he wants. But he has a 40-year-old teammate helping him out who may or may not wear a turtleneck. <clears throat> that was wild. <laughs> that, yeah, 90, 90 years of life playing, you know, on a scoring sheet of cross two players. <laughs> Just, yeah, I got nothing else, you know? <laughs> Nalo was pretty much it. Yeah, it, it made for a fun week. Thankfully, I had a fewer meetings than normal, so I could watch bits and pieces of those 10 a.m. Eastern Time games. I like early games. I don't know why people complain about them. But then I grew up on the West Coast where, like, the East Coast games all ended by, you know, 7, 7.30. You could move on with your life to do other things. This is exactly what I tell people. No, you know, the best place is mountain time. No, it really isn't. It's the West Coast. It's not Hawaii because then they start way too early. Mm -hmm. No, it's the West Coast. I can be done with my job by 4 p.m. and catch the East Coast start times. I can watch the West Coast games and be in bed at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And on those rare days where the NHL has games stretched out all day, you can watch hockey literally all day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or football, if you would rather. No. Nope. You know. That's just a big no for me. <laughs> I mean, that's what I used to do as a kid, though, is like I I'd, first game like football game would be at 10 a.m. East Coast time. And then you'd watch all of the football and, you know, you'd watch the Seahawks at seven and it's football all day or hockey or a variety of sports. When I got into college, I'd start on one sport and end up with a different one by the end of the day. Go through a couple. <laughs> My thing that I did was after the West Coast hockey games were finished, I found out that a lot of Australian football league, AFL, started like kind of around the same time that the uh, the weekend games ended. So I was able to flip over and watch some footy. Watch some all Z rolls. Mm-hmm. And boy, howdy, did that take me a while to figure out that damn sport. <laughs> Sort of like handball. It kind of. My oldest was watching handball because it was on at a time he was awake. uh, Friday evening, and I was like, you know what? Good for you. Just find something fun that's on where they keep score because he is way too competitive for his age. But I get it. Hey. I I, uh, I I bought a I played a little hut, and uh, I, I bought a pack of the team of the year special pack, and who dropped right into my lap at a full rated ninety two? 
Marie Philippe Poulain, who then promptly went on my first line. <laughs> alongside of Connor McDavid. And I actually just swapped it out. Now I've got um, Kendall Coyne on the right side and Marie Philippe Poulain on the left side. And it just reminded me of those old um, ice hockey days on the Nintendo, you know, where you'd pick the, the, the small guy, the tall guy, the fat guy, right? And now I've got, you know, like Connor McDavid looks like he's Zdeno Chara standing next to these two. But again, Pat, KCS, totally cliff running. <laughs> totally cliff running. I don't know how many icings she has just negated just by zipping down there. And the next thing you know, she it's totally cliff running. Little water bug out there. And it's actually so damn fun because she, uh, you know, I got Connor and her, and and it's just like, okay, just the only way anybody else catches up to him is they put parachutes on him or something. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was fun. I was, I, you know, they say, oh, it increases your it increases your chance of getting a, you know, a master whatever they call it, master card or master selection player or something like that you know where they're already ranked out to the max and everything and it was like oh okay you know whatever at least i'll get some stuff i can swap probably or put up for oh my god (laughs) (laughs) huzzah so that's pretty much all i had i kind of kept an eye on some hockey i watched some cracking games and I made a mistake last night, and I freely admit that I made that mistake. I thought they had set the record for the fastest five goals scored by a single team in a game, and they were still a minute off. So even at three Which minutes, is incredible when you think about it. Yeah, that's I. I stupidly did not have the dates sorted correctly, so of course I missed all the stuff in the eighties. <laughs> And then when I when I went back and looked, I went, well, of course, Patrick, it was the damn 80s, you know. I was going to say, I, I wish I'd missed all the stuff in the 80s. <laughs> I, um, however, they did break an NHL record. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. So I was wrong on the record they broke, but they did break one. So, oh, for those of you that don't know, they're they're the first team in, actually, I think in the four major sports that has won all seven road games in a seven-game road series, Mm -hmm. or seven-game road trip. Mm -hmm. The record for NBA is like six. The record for NHL was six. So in football, that would be like half the season, and there's no way anybody does that. No, they don't schedule the first seven games on the road unless your unless your football stadium is jacked up somehow. And you think they're going to let a football stadium be? I mean, they're uh, right, <laughs> right. They just like, well, where did the Seahawks play when they like demolished the kingdom? Husky Stadium. So exactly. Yeah. I think it's worth pointing out. We will continue to be. Mm, let's say uh, ardent questioners of some of the coaches' tactics, but give credit where credit's due. They're on a good run, miserable schedule, and they currently lead the Pacific based on points percentage, and they're only two points out of first. Uh Results. 
His road trip could have set them up for playoffs. I mean, if they have like a um, a losing streak, like everybody does, later on this season, you know, washes out. And they have games in hand on everyone, including Calgary and Edmonton, who are still trying to figure out what kind of teams they want to be this season. And how nice of Vancouver to show up, if you can call what they're doing showing up lately. On the ice or off? Very good question. (laughs) Do they even know? That's the question. I don't know. I'm I'm just going to stay here and bite my tongue. No commentary on the nope. on the supposed new head coach coming in. Nope. Other than it's just going to make Ron Francis even more infuriated. Because I don't know if you all know, but Dave Haxtall was nowhere near Ron Francis's first choice. Rick Tockett was. Nope. Yeah, that's a toss-up in my opinion. <laughs> It's like, wait, Tockett, Haxtell, Tockett. Yeah, I don't think any of them, either of them are really very good, but that's my, you know, my opinion. And you're entitled to it. Yeah. And I'm not going to disagree with you in any way, shape, or form on that one. Because I honestly don't know how good Tockett would have been with that franchise, because we'll never know. So, yeah. You know. Meh. Yeah, so if people are feeling bad about their team and you're not a Vancouver Canuck fan, go ahead and tune in to the Vancouver Canucks uh, drama. It'll make you feel better about your team. Probably. I, I know of several, several Canuck fans that are just jumping ship and just... Tr- I'm just trying to steer them away from the potential boat anchors. Yeah, you know, if if they jump ship, they're going for Seattle for the most part at this point. Are they? Are uh... many, many are the ones that I've seen. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can believe it. They're spiteful jerks that way. Yeah, they do live in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. That checks out. Mm-hmm. It's kind of their shtick. That's what they do. So when she's playing in next year's U18 Worlds, Lapusanova has the opportunity to um, eclipse the points record of a certain individual of American descent who has the record, I believe, at 16 points in five games. Anyone want to venture a guess who that player is? Amanda Kessel's brother. This has been the 3B3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3B3Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.